Good morning and welcome to Rich Thoughts for Breakfast. I'm Harold Harry and that's my fine wife Beth mm. on this sensational Saturday. Saturday. Yes, it is. It is. It is. It is. So Today we're going to talk about God's simple plan for your success. Mm-mm. Seek, listen, and obey. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Job 36.11 Job 36.11 says, If they listen and obey God, then they will be blessed with prosperity throughout their lives. All their years will be pleasant. In 2 Chronicles 26.5 says, As long as he sought the Lord, God made him prosper. Seeking means to be bold and go after. Wow. A seeker should never be deterred by delays or detours along the way. In order to receive biblical prosperity, you have to get set, get set his righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you. All things included your mortgage, cars being paid off, your debts paid off in full, and a properly funded retirement plan. As Christians, we must get this focus clear. I once had to ask a lady to pray with me in agreement for a new tire. I told her I would, but in a proper way. I suggested her prayer go something like this. Father, I want to thank you that I have three good tires. I want to thank you I have a car. I want to thank you that I have money to buy gas and I use my car to drive to work, church, and see my family. I thank you that I can drive my car along the highway without worry about landmines, bombs, or exploding anything exploding as I approach. I want to thank you for all you've done and in advance for the new tire you're about to manifest in my life. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. See, how we speak is important. Praise God for what he's about to do in your life, and our then, lives. And then you can step back and watch it happen, right? Amen. Amen. When David was on a routine visit to see his brothers, he offered to fight Goliath. King Saul responded by saying, You're just a boy. David said, Did I ever tell you about the time? While tending my father's sheep, I killed a lion and then a bear. You read about that in 1 Samuel 17, verses 33 through 35. The enemy may come to attack you by saying you will never be prosperous. Your finances will never turn around. Your marriage isn't strong enough to get through this. Stop and remind him of all the things that God has done in your life, all the things he's about to do. God gives us a choice in Deuteronomy 30.15, New Living Translation, when he says, Now listen, today I'm giving you a choice between prosperity and disaster, between life and death. Wow. Have you ever told your children to listen to what you're about to say? No doubt you wanted to make sure that not only we're going to hear what you said, but understand it as well. Our Heavenly Father is saying, listen, put aside any other thoughts, conversations, and activities so you can focus on the words coming out of my mouth and from His Word. 
Amen. And next he says, I'm going to give you a choice. But think about this. Please understand this carefully. And because we've taught this a number numerous times, maybe not recently. But prosperity and serving God and well doing what the Bible says, using his principles, it's a choice. It's confirmed in scripture, God's saying it, and we're giving you and bringing it before you as a choice. We we will choose between prosperity and disaster, according to Deuteronomy 30, 15. Contemporary English version says it this way. Today I'm giving you a choice. You can choose life and success or death and disaster. You know, the choice between success and prosperity or failure and lack is ours. <clears throat> we need to choose, not God. He's the one who's offered it. We're the ones who have to make the choice. 1 Kings 2, verse 3. 1 Kings 2, verse 3. In the classic Amplified says, observe what the Lord requires so that you may prosper. So here are seven keys to God's simple plan for success. Number one, dedicate everything to God. Romans 12, 1, 12, 1, classic Amplified. I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and beg of you in view of all the mercies of God to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. When we put God first, it makes Him happy. His blessings become our blessing. Proverbs 3.6, 3.6, the Living Bible. In everything you do, put God first. And he will direct and crown your efforts with success. In every decision we make, put God first. When we make a determined effort to honor God in every activity, we will be amazed at what will happen in our lives, our families, and our finances. Number two, <clears throat> give God back your first fruits. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Proverbs 3, verses 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord by giving him part of all your income, and he will fill your barns to overflowing. In Proverbs 3.10, in the classic Amplified, it says this, So shall your storage places be filled with plenty. Storage places are already used for surplus. When we give that God our first fruits, we're headed toward a financial surplus in our lives. Yes. We need to give back the best of our time, our energy, our money. <clears throat> And there is never a time we cannot afford to give. Deuteronomy 26.10, 26.10 says, And now, behold, I have brought the firstfruits of the land which thou, O Lord, has given me. And thou shalt set it before the Lord thy God and worship before the Lord thy God. Number three, save for the future. Proverbs 21.20, 21.20, living Bible. The wise man saves for his future, the foolish spends whatever he gets. You know, the average Japanese family saves 25% of their income. The average European family saves 18% of their income. The average American family, 5% largely because we've opted for the live today plan. Yes, but Brother Harold, I can't afford to save money right now. It takes everything we got to live on. But here's a revelation. There will never be a good time to save. We frequently quote Ecclesiastes 11.4 with good reason. The Living Bible Translation says, If 
you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. Hmm. Number four, repay what you owe. Proverbs 3.27 tells us, don't withhold repayments of your debts. Romans 13.8 says, let no debt remain outstanding. If we trust God to help us climb out of debt and stay there, then we're going to have to ask him to break the cycle of overspending and impulse buying so that we can set our finances in proper order. We need to create <clears throat> a plan for financial freedom. Number five, practice contentment. Settle down the insanity of overstressed and overcommitted lives. 1 Timothy 6.6, 6. 1 Timothy 6.6 6 tells us, but godliness with contentment is great gain. The word contentment is, Strong's, is in Strong's Concordance as G8841, G841, the Greek word, and it means a perfect condition of life in which no aid or support is needed. The word comes from the Greek word G842, which means sufficient for oneself, strong enough to process through, process enough to need no aid or support or independent of external circumstances. If we can practice living a life free of external circumstances controlling us, where we don't need aid or support to experience a quality of life God intended for us, then we need to walk in it. Number six, enter into the place of agreement. You know that the enemy is terrified. He's horrified. He's petrified at the thought of two people coming into the prayer of agreement. That's why we like it so much. That's it. Because he understands the spiritual power that results from the power of two agreeing on anything. That's why the enemy will do what he can to keep us from coming into the power of agreement. He likes to break families apart, get them to where they don't agree. Because he fears that the right, that's, that he, actually, we sh I should make this point. Did you know the enemy fears? That's right, he experiences fear too. The demon chasing and the binding power of two believers who understand authority and the potential of their agreement and the inevitable result of their union. Every demon from hell fears the power of two in agreement. And that is why, like I said, the devil targets Christian marriages. He targets you as an individual to not believe the word so that you will not manifest the promises of God. Deuteronomy 32.30, 32.30 says this in the New International Version. How could one man chase a thousand or two put 10,000 to flight unless their rock had, had sold them, unless the Lord had given them up? Number seven, sow a significant seed for prosperity and success. The significance of your seed is based on what you have left after you've sown the seed. Second Corinthians 8.12, 2 Corinthians 8.12, hallelujah, King, New King James Version. If there is first a willing mind, it's accepted according to what one has not according to what it does not have. The implication of this scripture is that your gift is based on what you've been provided, not according to what you have at the moment. In fact, what you have at the moment or like thereof may be the result of ineffective stewardship. The enemy understands 
benefits and blessings for the believer who takes a step of faith by sowing a spirit-directed significant seed. Mm. He understands it, and as believers, we need to understand it. Tells us the difference between prosperity and lack. And lack. Hallelujah. Well, until tomorrow. That's right. At 8.30 mm-hmm. and 6 p.m. tomorrow night. That's right. Until then, God bless you. Happy trails. And keep thinking rich thoughts from the Word of God. We love you. We appreciate you. God bless you. Bye-bye.